0: are promoted they have y'all welcome to the Wrexham Texan my name is Jake Green thank you so much for joining me today on this episode about season one episode eight I believe of welcome to Wrexham Rexum. Rexon. welcome to Wrexham um entitled away we go and I just had to it just reminded me of the Joker line um from Dark Knight so yeah uh Go ahead and go follow me over on Instagram and Twitter. I'm more active on Instagram, but uh, trying to get into the Twitter account a little bit. Um, I do other stuff on Twitter, but just um, I don't know. Something about posting photos and video is way more in my lane than just tweeting out short phrases and short sentences here and there. But <clears throat> trying to get more into that, so. Yeah, welcome to the podcast. If it's your first time listening, I do reviews or more like analysis and commentary from the perspective of a filmmaker of the Welcome to Wrexham docuseries. I also am a huge fan of Wrexham AFC and we'll do reaction episodes to our games, to news that happens, Wrexham news. I'll just basically just want to talk Wrexham. I don't have enough people to talk talk Wrexham with in my life since I live in Georgia slash Montana slash travel a lot. So just not a lot of consistency. Can't find my local group all that easily because uh, I'm always in different places. So welcome to the show. I am the Wrexham Texan. Let's talk about away we go. I love this episode. My favorite episode is actually the next one. Um, but we'll get to that maybe tomorrow. I don't know. Tomorrow is a, tomorrow will be a game, so I doubt doubt I'll release one that day. Uh, so maybe next week. But after a long break, two two episode break from the goings on of the actual club and the team, we're finally back in action and it starts with Robin Ryan in a car on their way to the first game which is an away game at Maidenhead United and yeah they before the the title sequence they start heading into the stadium to a chorus of boos from the opposing fans which totally makes sense then it cuts to cuts to opening titles and then we go 3 days earlier so we go back in time a little bit. Um, where Wayne Jones, Sean Winter, and one other guy who I don't know his name are chatting about the team. There's another guy in the bar who kind of chimes in talking about how the manager might not be good enough. They're doubting Parky and Wayne Jones is not having it. He can't believe they're calling for his head after only nine <clears throat> nine games. That is absolutely ridiculous. And I've said this on a previous podcast. Y'all's impatience, the, the English and Welsh and basically maybe just the soccer world. Soccer world's impatience with managers. Um, a guy gets into a system and... Nine games later, you think he's not good for the job. Give me a break. like give him a break. That's patently ridiculous. Like you gotta give people time. I know here in the u s generally generally a coach will get two, three years with the team before unless he does a particularly horrendous job. uh he'll generally get two to three years. So after nine games out of a forty-some odd game season, that's it's just idiotic to think that that oh he's just not cutting it, not cutting it. Just think if just think what would have happened if you'd have thought that um, and you'd have been in charge and you'd have fired Parky. Where do you think y'all would be right now? Where do you think we would be right now? Where do you think Wrexham would be in the football pyramid of English football? Like it's just it's a ridiculous notion to think that after nine games that's all you need to prove yourself as a manager so sorry doesn't happen overnight so yeah wayne also mentions that they had crap players last year and no money last year and the you know for the past decade or so so why do you want to go back to that you know would would you rather be in that space or in the space where you are where you're getting an influx of cash and a manager who has already gotten teams promoted in the past. Like, give me a break. That's crazy. All right. Well, then we go to the Free Guy premiere, which uh, Sean Harvey mentions that there's never been a premiere in Wrexham, which, you know, it's a small town. Of course, there has never been a premiere in Wrexham. Uh, hilarious movie. If you have not seen Free Guy, uh, I don't know what platforms it's on. I think I bought it. <clears throat> But man, that movie is so funny. Highly recommend to anybody who likes Ryan Reynolds-style comedy. It's it's just a good movie. Um, and I don't know, there's something about me when I start talking about a movie and reminiscing on how good a movie was, I'll likely go and watch it that same day. <laughs> so maybe tonight, uh, as I'm playing FIFA, I'll turn on Free Guy and laugh a little bit with, with Ryan Reynolds, but... Um, yeah, I thought the mayor being there with his giant gold necklace looked like a friggin' wrapper. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know what that is. I don't know. Uh, I, I literally know nothing about, uh, government officials in the UK. I mean, I know a little bit about Boris Johnson and a few others, but I know nothing about, you know, customs and garb and attire and that kind of stuff so I have no idea if that's a normal thing kind of seemed like a normal thing nobody was gawking so I guess that might be a normal thing but definitely uh definitely interesting to see for sure um it is funny they cut to these scenes that are just tiny and have no real relevance on Almost anything. So like this free guy scene, it was like two minutes of the entire show. Like you're never going to see that again. Nobody's ever going to mention it again. So it's, it's sometimes it's strange to me what they choose to put in this um, in this series. Like that just seems like it didn't need to be in there. It doesn't really have much relevance. Although I, guess, I don't know. Maybe Ryan Reynolds like trying to put Wrexham more on the map and draw more attention to Wrexham, the town, I guess that would make sense. That would be the one big thing that would make that decision worthwhile. Um, he does say he likes uh, to integrate his companies together and, you know, try to s- promote them with the use of other, you know, his other companies. So that that would kind of make sense if that was the case. That would be the only explanation that I could think of why why they would show that in the documentary series. We then get back to football. We then get back to exactly what we're watching this series to see. And this time it's Phil Parkinson in training. So it's him uh, during practice with the team being the, I guess, Dr. Jekyll to his game-time Mr. Hyde. (laughs) Um, He's very calm, collected. He's complimenting the players. He's being very insightful and very gentle, almost. Um, And, I mean, it's the complete opposite of of what he's like during the game, um, during the games, during the matches. And it's just really funny to watch that juxtaposition when they show it. You know, he's encouraging uh, during training, but he's, uh, what is it they say? Oh, enthusiastic. Enthusiastic when he's on the pitch. Uh, Definitely enthusiastic towards the refs. And yeah, just very outspoken and loud and aggressive almost during the games. So it's very interesting to see somebody have total control over himself in one situation but seemed to have I mean I don't know he's he's pretty he is still controlled he's still controlled when he's upset he's just yeah he's just aggressive and loud and um in your face so maybe maybe he is in total control both times I guess if he wasn't he'd be get, he'd be getting red cards yellow cards that kind of thing getting thrown out of the game more often so yeah I guess he is in total control, not total control, but I guess he is in control most of the time but um it is funny. He does mention during this time that they've struggled to kill off teams um kill teams off during during their nine game run um which yeah very true um they they you know we we tend to tend to score a goal or keep it close and just not be able to push it over that hill. Uh, at the beginning of this season. So it's a good little quick quick analysis. And then he starts talking about Aaron Hayden and uh, how Aaron feels like he could be doing more for the team and he's missed some opportunities. And Aaron starts getting interviewed during this segment talking about how he's getting frustrated that he hasn't scored and Parky told him to relax a little bit. He said something's got to give because, like, he has the confidence to score. He knows he has the skills to score. And so the, the, the idea is just to be mentally tough and continue to push um, and not let, you know, not let some bad touches and some bad play affect your mental game, which is... That's such a big deal. I remember playing sports, and I... I'm an overthinker. I I would get stuck in my head and I would, I still do this when I play sports. I I choke because I just start thinking way too much rather than just doing it. And it drives me nuts. Um, So yeah, uh, you then kind of see a bit of his personal life, which I always love seeing the player's personal lives and seeing what they do behind the scenes. And I like that none of it's glamorous or, um, I don't know. None of it's glamorous and none of it is, all of it's relatable. All of it is stuff that I do. Aaron Hayden cuts his own hair. I cut my own daggum hair. I mean, I don't have very much hair left, but um, when I did have hair, I would cut my own hair most of the time. And he does it before the games. He even made that Trifold mirror so that he could make perfectly straight cuts which is genius I don't know why I didn't ever do that it was ridiculous just guessing what's going on in the back of your head and he's got this whole thing down to a T it's great uh, he does mention that confidence is a huge factor and he's feeling like he's letting the fans down and yeah that would totally make sense uh especially if you live in like a small town where that team is located, um, you would definitely get the sense from the town of what they think about your play and your game. And um, that's not always the easiest thing. Uh, Yeah, that's not always the easiest thing to contend with and to have to deal with as a player, especially if you're going like, you know, especially if you're struggling a little bit. So I feel for him here. Um, and the fact that he, you know, has a really adorable family. He's got a cute little baby girl, uh, loving parents. Yeah. You just, you just feel for the guy. Um, we then cut over to, uh, Carrie Evans, feature her for a little while, a little while, um, trying to get the van and the bus up and running for folks with disabilities to get to the games. Uh, way games, and home games, and I mean, what a great cause, what a great thing to do, that's amazing, and I love that <laughs> Ryan Reynolds asked, I think it was Ryan, asked for her phone number, uh, and she was shocked that, you know, this big-time celebrity was asking for her phone number to talk to her about being, taking on a role, an official role in the club that she was technically already doing, Um, but wasn't getting paid for it. And now she gets paid to do it. How cool is that? That is fantastic. Get get more folks to the game who otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity to go. I love it. Then we cut over to Mark Vaughn, another transportation specialist. (laughs) Um, He's the coach driver for Wrexham. And he started as a freaking coal miner. And now he's driving a bus for a soccer team that is that's a fun story it sounds like his dad and his granddad may have been coal miners as well but they've been going to wrexham games since he was a kid so that's what a story and like this is one of those things where on the surface you might not think the bus driver um the coach driver is is a actual part of the team but man it. Somebody like it was clear that the players liked him um, and his interactions with the few players that we saw in this episode. And just the fact that everybody on the staff, everybody involved in the club seems to care for each other and seems to you know give each other words of encouragement say hi to each other talk to each other that breeds so such good morale for an entire club uh that yeah I would absolutely say whoever's driving the bus with the team on it is part of the club like that is that's a no-brainer um it adds to everybody's experience who gets on that bus um if he's remembering you know if he's having personal conversations with everybody on there like that just adds to the entire atmosphere the entire our entire uh feel of of getting on that bus to go to a game. It's awesome. I love it. Um and then finally back to Maidenhead. We get to see a lot of action, sports soccer action, football action during this episode. Um, let's see. And the, the y'all travel crazy to away games. Like I my parents go to one away Texas A&M American football game a year. One. The fact that many of y'all go to dozens is incredible. <laughs> the amount of time that must take, like how much time during your life have you spent on those buses going to and from? I mean, I, granted, you probably made some awesome memories and you probably made some awesome friends and... um came up with some incredible chance but man that is a long time to spend on a bus and I freaking hate buses I hate them um, but seems like this one the trip to Maidenhead was a seven hour round trip on a Tuesday night y'all are crazy y'all are crazy that's incredible um, Robin Ryan also had there they make a point of saying that Ryan uh, traveled one hour longer than the folks from Wrexham (laughs) which is crazy because Ryan had to fly in from New York (laughs) that's ridiculous uh Rob had a quite a longer journey you got a 12-hour flight oof at LA to to I think they flew into Liverpool LA to Liverpool maybe London I don't know oh no I guess they did fly into London because this was at Maidenhead so if it was at Wrexham they would have flown into Liverpool so um Yeah, that's a long flight. 12-hour flights are miserable. I hate doing those. Like, five, six hours is about as much as I want to do on a plane these days. But they're in the car on the way to the game. They start making predictions. I believe Rob's was 3-0, Wrexham, and Ryan was 2-1, Wrexham. And let's see. As soon as they show up. There's lots of ruckus, people cheering, people booing, people taking tons of pictures. I mean, the amount of people who had their cell phones out. I just don't really understand the point of that. I don't really, I've never understood that. If, if you see around you 600 people taking a photo of somebody or some event that's happening, why are you even getting out your phone? Just get on Instagram later or get on the internet later and just download that picture. You, you would have taken the exact same one. So what's the point? Enjoy the moment and live in that moment. That, that always drives me nuts. There's always going to be somebody out there taking a picture of it. So just enjoy the moment. You don't got to film it, you know, unless you're doing something with that footage. I just, I never understood that. It just seems like staring at life through your phone. And yeah, I just don't like that. I just don't like it. But, you know, if it's what you like, I guess go for it. Um, Let's see. I found it hilarious that Rob is literally asking Sean Harvey during the game about very basic rules of soccer, like where do they throw the ball in. Um, I forget what other questions he asked, but that was he owns a soccer team and he's asking those questions. I mean, what a hilarious story. That he bought a soccer team without knowing some very basic rules, which, you know, it works out in the end. I'm just, I find that to be absolutely hilarious. Like, I think that is, I mean, that's extremely unique. And I would I would imagine that it's something that wouldn't always work out in his favor if... Um, if he had to do this situation, you know, 10 different times. I would imagine that not knowing very basic rules of soccer might come back to bite you a little bit, but I could be wrong. Um, let's see. Maidenhead take the lead, 1-0, and then score again, 2-0. And then frickin' Hosanna gets a red card, which as we find out in the next episode... um. It was actually Mullen that got the red card and Hosanna is reinstated. <laughs> so it was a ridiculous, it was a ridiculous call. The ref had no idea what he was talking about. He saw nothing. It was clear he didn't see anything wrong. He just heard people react and pulled out a red card. I mean, what a joke. That's your instinct is when you hear a ruckus and you hear a bunch of people complaining You just pull out your red card and give the closest person a red card who you think might have been the one that did it? Absurd. Uh, And then Rob Rob says we have one fewer player, which if you know me, which most of you don't, fewer versus less is one of my biggest pet peeves. And so he uses the correct term, which stands out to me because no one ever uses the correct term. Uh, I know this is super nerdy and super dumb, but fewer versus less. So there were fewer players on the field at that point. Fewer is in reference to a specific number. So fewer players. Okay. So But if I have a water bottle that's full and I pour some out, I have less water. Because you can't count the water, you're not counting the water. If you said now I have fewer liters of water, that would be okay. And I'm giving you a grammar lesson in the middle of this episode. <laughs> I apologize. It just made me very happy that Rob uses the word "fewer," knowing that he is a actual writer for a TV show. That made me very happy. So um, Ryan Reynolds then gets serenaded by the opposing team who's chanting, you bought the wrong club. And that's just freaking hilarious. Finally, uh, I think it was McAlendon tried to knock one in and it ricocheted off the top post of the crossbar. And then Mullen comes sc- screaming in and taps it in with his foot for a goal. Fantastic. Uh, and then we cut to halftime. We're down 2-1. And the enthusiasm meter pops up on screen, Phil's enthusiasm meter. And he gets up to 15 F-bombs at halftime in about three minutes of a speech. (laughs) Like, (laughs) talk about impressive. It's almost every other word during one specific sentence and absolutely hilarious. Uh, Then we get back to the game and the local boy, Davis... Jordan Davis rifles one end to the lower left, lower right corner, right past the goalie. Beautiful shot. Um, celebrations all around. 2-2. Two, two. And Rob and Ryan are breathing finally. Um, there's been no breathing up until this point. It's just utter devastation. Uh, and then in the final seconds of the game... Uh Aaron Hayden over pursues a defender or a attacker and can't get back in time to block a shot and he rifles one home right past Dibble and Maidenhead wins three to two and that's rob's Robs and Ryan's first game watching live of their team that they bought, and oof. What a brutal introduction to National League football. Not the greatest entrance, but as we'll see later on, Ryan will get to see a game uh, a game that we've won, and Rob doesn't get to see that for quite a while, which is absolutely hilarious, considering it was his idea to buy the club. Also on their drive home, or drive to Wrexham, I guess, uh, he says, I guess you can't taste the sweet until you taste the sour. And Ryan says, you're not going to talk like this for the for four hours, are you? Which I just thought was a fantastic way to end the episode. So, yeah, great episode. Lots of action. They introduce, you know, you get a deep dive into Aaron Hayden. You get a feature of Carrie Evans and Mark Vaughn and... Yeah, it's just a really good episode to bring us back into the full story of of Wrexham. And one thing I haven't talked about is the cinematography of this of this series is spectacular. Like, obviously, it's not a narrative film and it's not, you know, it's not a Darren Aronofsky film or um, I'm trying to think of the guy, the freaking director who does absurd visuals and whose movies are sometimes impossible to sit through, but the movies are beautiful. And I can't remember his daggum name, but the cinematography for this show is incredible. The camera cameramen are fantastic at getting great shots. Uh, and that's really hard to do with live action sports. That's extremely hard to do. It's easy to do in certain situations. Like locker room speeches, easy to get good shots, really easy. You just set up where there's like a a good shot is composed of something in the foreground, likely that's out of focus, something in the middle that's in focus and then something in the background that's out of focus. And so um, that's generally the very basic structure of a good shot. And so they do a really good job with that. Um, They they really direct your attention to the right places. You never feel lost as to what you're supposed to be looking at when it comes to their cinematography. So bravo to the whole camera team. I love, love the visuals of this, of this show, but that'll about do it for this one, y'all. Tomorrow, I believe we take on Barrow. Oh, I'm so excited. I cannot wait to watch that game. Um, I'll be watching from the mountaintop in Montana. I will be Tweeting and Instagramming, and I guess it's X now. I freaking Twitter turning to X. Who cares? I, I'll be tweeting um, and and posting on Instagram during the game. So if you want to follow along, if you want to message me, go on over to Instagram and Twitter, WXM Texan, Rexum Texan. Link is in the episode description. You can also email me, director at peacefulseaproductions.com. I'll answer any questions you have. I will i mean i I'd entertain having people come on the show um, if you want to t- come on and talk rexham yeah, i'm I need a lot more information I need to be schooled on a whole bunch of things especially when it comes to Wrexham I'm not great with football strategy and formations and that kind of stuff. What I am good at is knowing um, is is the documentary stuff that's what I'm really good at and um, I just am a lifelong fan of sports, which is why I took so well to, to the whole Wrexham story. So thank you all so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. This is the Wrexham Texan. Thank you all very much. Up the town. It's my soul, With all your you gonna see You're gonna see it. You're gonna see it. And if you knock my soul with all your strength, you're gonna find it, you're gonna find it.